Welcome back to the Wellfed Business Podcast. In my opinion, the best business podcast on the fucking planet. Today, we have, unfortunately, John McCulloch, the evil genius. And we're going to be talking about lies you're told as a new business owner. And you were told these lies as a new business owner, and you've more than likely carried them into how you run your business today, maybe months, maybe years later. We're going to be talking about things such as your pricing, whether you should be working for free to build, to get exposure, and when does the premium fairy come along? Wave its magic wand above your head and say, yeah, you can charge proper prices now. These lies, not only do you absorb them and believe them, you pass them on. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You perpetuate the nonsense and the bullshit. You become a beacon of shit. Tell me then, Holly. Connor, what you've got to tell me. Holly? Oh, God. Don't call me Holly. You're both very similar. You're both quite feminine and weak in the gym. Mate, you're tiny. My little feminine elf. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you could put me in your handbag, couldn't you? You could organize my Tampax for me. <laughs> Just keep you in my bathroom. Anyway, Elon Musk bought Twitter, as we know. The way he's doing everything, I find is fucking hilarious. He posted a picture the other day saying, look what I found in one of the Twitter closets. And it was a t-shirt, hundreds of t-shirts with hashtag stay woke on it. He tweeted it with a laughing face. And this was like a week ago or so. In the early hours of this morning, he had a Twitter exchange with some fellow that I know who he is. I can't remember the name of him right now. He's not that prominent in my life. And Jordan Peterson. They both posted their Twitter stats from before Elon Musk's Twitter and after Elon Musk, well, now Twitter under Elon Musk's regime. And they both were replying to a tweet Elon said about like, I'm curious to see anyone who isn't left wing, their Twitter stats, we've made some changes and all of their impressions and everything were way up. It produced this storm of, oh my God, how long has Twitter been just suppressing anything that isn't left wing and woke? And he came out and said, Elon, this is, came out and said, yeah, it's been happening for a long time. They've been actively promoting, he called San Francisco left-wing politics and pushing down anything else. I thought that was awful. It is awful, though we must remember it is a private platform. And the owners of Twitter, historically and now, have the absolute right to do with that platform whatever they want, including clicking the off switch. And I find it ironic how woke people are quite happy to have the left-wing woke agenda pushed remorselessly and relentlessly by Twitter, but don't even want an even playing field, let alone it skewed the other way. Now, my left-wing friends think I'm a right-winger, but my right-wing friends think I'm a left-winger, when in fact I'm neither, I'm a libertarian. And that's not centrist either. Centrists are different. If you take the world's smallest political quiz, the libertarian philosophy is right at the top. It's neither left-wing nor right-wing, it's libertarian. It's a completely different thing, whereas centrist is actually on the sliding scale of left to right. If you think about it, extreme left and right wing are no different from each other. They are both authoritarian in nature. Both sides are prepared to use violence and menace and coercion to make you conform to their ideological whims. Now, on the left, they want to control your money. On the right, they want to control your morality. But they're both qualitatively the same. They really are. But on balance, I actually prefer the right-wingers. And the reason I say that is not because they're any mor- morally any better in my eyes, but because at least they're honest about how fucking nasty and spiteful and vicious they are. The left-wingers pretend they're doing it for your own good. 
They pretend that they use the be kind hashtag. They try to cloak themselves with a moral high ground. At least right-wingers are fucking honest about being horrible, despicable cunts. It segues nicely into lies. Because if you was on Twitter and getting advice from business Twitter, you have probably been told work for free. You have probably been told the left-wing San Francisco way of doing business. And San Francisco, from as far as I know, is all about giving away free drugs, trying to get people hooked, and then selling them shit stuff for the rest of their life, which ain't a great way to run a business. One lie that we're told when we start a business is, oh, you're new. You know, start with low prices. Why is that bollocks? Because it means you make no profit. If you think about it this way, you often see, I often see posts on LinkedIn, moderately successful or at least established freelancers, say, who've been in business for, say, two or three years and have gained some traction. They're not killing it, but they're not destitute either. But they're doing okay. We all want to do better than okay, because doing okay as a freelancer is actually still pretty fucking miserable. But what they would do is they'll post a long shopping list of things they did to get to where they are, and therefore things that you should do to get to where they are right now. The problem is most of these people are successful in spite of what they did, not because of it. That's the fucking crucial difference. And it includes things like work for free to build your portfolio. Why? Or charge very little amount of money to build your full portfolio. Why would you do that? If you're not making any money, how are you going to fund your lifestyle, no matter what it is? That's the first thing. Second thing is low prices draws in low quality clients. Doing stuff for free and exposure. I mean, if you think about it this way, you get some, say, local business who says, you write our copy or you do our website. Um, it's great exposure. There might be some merit in that idea in principle. On paper, it looks fine. You know, logically, it's not flawed. Practically, it's terrible. But logically, it holds water. The problem with it is these are the intangibles that you can't see and you won't see without experience. And I've got 20 years of it. And one of the problems is this. The shop that's just paid you nothing to do their website, they've got no incentive to use your copy as you deliver it or to use your website as you deliver it or any of your marketing stuff. What they will do, and I tell you now because I've seen it happen so many times, is they will pick and choose what they use because your stuff has been free or low cost, so it's not very valuable. So what they'll do is they'll, they'll use it to some extent or sometimes not at all. They'll take your advice a little bit, do the comfortable things, eight out of ten that are easy but not the two that really work, which are hard because you know, these two things go together, and they won't get the results they want. So therefore they'll conclude, well, you're not much good, are you? I, I use your copy, I use your website, I use your systems didn't work your advice was crap they will extrapolate from that copywriters per se website designers per se marketing per se doesn't work well then your hapless fucking freelancer is, is what been screwed over on their fees their reputation might be tarnished and their self-confidence is hammered all because they didn't take that step and charge a premium price now here's the thing if you can do the job i don't care what job it is it could be brain surgery or it could be just clearing someone's driveway of snow or leaves. You should charge the same as anyone else who does that job. Because if you can get the same result, then why wouldn't you? There's no logical reason not to. Any, any resistance in the client's mind or the prospect's mind is largely actually within your head, it's imagined. And there are things you can do to ameliorate it. All right? If you can't do the job, you shouldn't be doing it at a low price. You shouldn't be charging money for it at all because you're a fucking menace. You, you wouldn't say to someone, yeah, I'm not that good as a cardiac surgeon, but I tell you what, I'll do the heart transplant, but I'll only charge you half what someone else would charge you because I'm not very experienced at it. Who's going to take that offer? Only an idiot. If you can do the job, charge. Because I ask this question, and it's a genuine question. I ask it of clients all the time. 
who's the highest charging person in your market? Are your fees the highest in your niche? No. I've never had anyone say yes, no. And they just say, why not? And they don't know how to answer it. That's a really good question. Yeah, no, it is. That's why I asked you. When did you decide you weren't going to charge as much as anyone else? Why did you choose that? Why not, why not choose something else? They just don't, they can't answer me. One thing to keep in mind as well, and I hear this often from builders, actually, when I ask them why their prices are the way that they are and why they're so cheap, they say, well, the thing is, Connor, I've been doing it a year and there's Dave up the road and he does the same as me and he's been doing it 10 years. It's just not right. It's just not right. And I say to him, have you ever thought that the reason Dave has been able to do it longer than anyone else is because he charges the most? And everyone else has fallen by the wayside because they fucked up their own business by being cheap with their pricing. And that's when I get them. When I say that to them, that's when I get them. They're like, but I'm fine at the moment. Of course you're fine at the moment. You can't see the future. You got to put your prices up, mate. You got to put them up if you want to be like Dave and in the market for 10 years. And if anything, you should be excited that someone like Dave is knocking around for 10 years consistently selling at those prices because there's nothing stopping you coming in and charging 20% more than he does and doing so successfully and taking all of Dave's customers. People will often say to me, oh, you, you can't charge more in this industry. People won't pay any more than I'm charging now. Then I'll say to them, are you the highest priced person in your niche? No. They say, well, you just contradicted yourself. They clearly will pay more because other people are doing it. Other people are charging more and getting it. So please don't tell me that. It's like people saying no one will pay 100 grand for a motor car. What, you mean they don't sell Maseratis and Rolls Royces and Ferraris and Porsches? Bugatti sell for millions. What, do? Bugatti? Bugatti? Yeah, Bugatti. When they first came out, it was like 5 million a car. Sold 100 of them. People say, why do you charge, say, 300 pound a day for your consulting as, as a marketer? Well, because you can't charge any more. I charged 12 and a half grand and I got paid it just a few months ago, for instance. So that's a lie. People out there will pay 12 and a half grand a day to sit in a room with me and learn from me. Okay, there aren't that many of them in, in, the, in real terms. There's a very small percentage of business owners will actually do that. But I don't need many. When you think about it, my, most of my clients, their fees are around 500 quid. There is an exception, full time, and he charges 7.5K. But other people, it's about 500 pounds a day. So I charge 25 times as much as they do. I get one client to their 25 and I'm making the same amount of money. And it's easier money too, because I've got one person to do. I've got one day's work to do. I've got one set of problems to solve. I've got one set of client neuroses to solve. All right, everyone else has got to do that 25 times over, one every two weeks for a year. And I can do that in one day. Well, when you think of it like that, you think, fucking hell, this is bonkers. The, the way to charge more money is just to say, I don't know, a thousand pounds instead of 500 pounds. It's only different words. Just type different words. The fucking five is only like four keys over from the one. The pound sign is the same. The comma's in the same place. Same number of zeros. It's that easy. It is that easy. But I'm going back about 15 or 16 years now, and I was working with this guy, and I'd just done a press release for him. And it, was, it went like gangbusters. And from that moment on, he dropped his incumbent copywriter. And it he, got me to do the press release only because she was busy doing something else. He couldn't do it. So I did this press release. And then he said, can you quote me for a sales letter for this upcoming seminar I've got going? I says, yeah, sure. So I sent him this thing. And I said, I think I sent him a thing for $4,000. Like 15 years ago, I was still quite new to the game. And that was a lot of money back then for me. And he came back a few minutes later and says, that comes to something like six and a half thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars. Go ahead. 
And I thought, what? That's not right. Is basically come back and agreed to a, a price that's almost twice as much, basically, because of the exchange rate, as I found later. So I went back and checked the original email I'd sent to, and I'd accidentally hit the pound sign instead of the dollar sign. So I'd hit shift three instead of shift four. So he did the conversion. I'd quoted him in pounds instead of dollars, and he did the conversion and came back in dollars almost twice as much, or one and a half, one and three quarters times as much. And he just said, yeah, go ahead. So I could have charged him even more. And that's when the penny really fucking dropped with me. Oh, my God. And, and to go on from that, to sing my own praises, filled a room of 50 people at three grand a time in something like 12 days. Nine days. Back it was nine days. So that's how good I am. And that joy of realizing, oh, my God, I can charge so much more is very quickly followed by sorrow of, oh, my God. I could have charged him more. <laughs> yeah. It happens so often. And so reliably and predictably, it's a fucking cliche with my clients. Get them into mentoring, right? And I say, first three things we do is put your prices up, start working for free, and charge up front. And they're very hesitant to put their prices up. So they go from, say, I don't know, 350 a day to 400 or 500. And they get no resistance at all. One of my guys, the photographer, doubled his prices. No, trebled his prices. And he said, and he, he just got no, no pushback at all. And he just said, oh, my God, I could have been doing this a year ago, two years ago, and all that money I've just left lying around and all that extra work I've done for nothing. Yeah. Suck it up, big boy. Suck it up. I experienced this not long ago. We implemented a new strategy, the double email list, I think we're going to coin it, where I'm sending free emails and we protect John and only people that have paid us get John's emails. And I started sending these emails and we've doubled the amount of books we're selling from email. Funny that, twice the amount of emails, twice the amount of sales. And I sat there and I went to John, I should have been doing this a long time ago. We should. It's not your responsibility, it's mine too. But no, it is mine because you have said several times over the years, Connor, you need to start writing more. Connor, you need to start emailing. You've said it several times, so it is on me. We won't get into that now. Funny, we're both there like extreme ownership, which is obviously core control this week as well. Preach it, big boy. We don't just talk about and teach and preach extreme ownership. We actually do it too. To the point we try and out-guilt each other, as in I'm the guilty party. No, I am. No, you're not. I am. Another lie is that you need a portfolio at all. You don't. Don't get me wrong. Portfolio can have utility, but that's what people miss. It's like, why have I got this portfolio? Let me give you a very good example, and it sounds really fucking arrogant, but you can't argue with the logic of it. People might say to me, have you got any example sales letters you can show me? Your portfolio is a direct response marketer. I say, no. And they say, oh, why not? I say, because one is client confidentiality, for one thing. You can see my own sales letters. They're here if you want. Fine. I don't, you know, obviously, they're in front of you. But also, what would you gain from it? You can have an opinion on whether you like the sales letter or not. And you can say whether or not it will persuade you to buy what it is, whether it is I'm selling in it. But you might not be in my target market anyway, in which case you read this sales letter and you think, oh, that's crap, don't like it. I'm not that's because you're not my fucking target market, big boy. And if you, look, if you want to look at it objectively as a sales letter, you haven't got a hope because if you knew how to do this stuff, you'd be writing your own fucking sales letter, not asking me to do it. So asking for a portfolio is pointless. Whether they like it or not is irrelevant. What they think of it or not is irrelevant because they're not skilled in it. If they were skilled, they'd be doing it themselves. They're not, so they're not. It's simple. Sounds arrogant, but it's true. And if you're in, say design work where because obviously things that look good are subjective a far better response is get them booked in for a design consultation you ask the question what exactly do you want to see in this kitchen or this bathroom and they say i want to see this and this and then you segue into the sale well we can sit down and design your dream bathroom 
the design consultation is 250 quid. It would take an hour of us talking and then you'll get it the next day. And then we can go from there. And then rather having conversations and judging the design of previous bathrooms, which have been individually designed for different people with different tastes, because this is important. I've seen people before judge kitchen designers and whatnot. And I always go, hang on a minute. You can't say it's an ugly kitchen. Like they're terrible at design. They've designed that for someone else who has chosen it to look like that. They just have different tastes to you. So that's the danger of just willy-nilly putting up pictures of every kitchen, bathroom, conservatory, loft conversion that you're doing, is it invites judgment. And if they don't like the style, they don't blame the person that's picked the colors. They blame the builder weirdly. So you get them into a design consultation. And the only thing you ever show them is their dream, whatever it is you're selling. And my God, does it make life easy. Well, the other thing about doing a design consultation is if you're doing it, let's say on a computer, you get them into your showroom as a paid appointment. They're the only people there. And they get your full attention as you design this thing. But here's the best thing. When it's finished, they have helped you with the design. They feel ownership of this fucking kitchen or this bathroom. The chances of them saying, nah, I'm not going to go ahead with that, is almost zero. Of course, how do we know this? Because we've got people fucking doing it. It's called the IKEA effect. I say you build it yourself, you own it. Yeah, they did a study on this. They just got a bunch of couples, funnily enough. Flat pack furniture always boils couples pissed, doesn't it? And they got them to spend a day building various pieces of furniture. And at the end of the day, they said, look, you can take this Ikea furniture home that you've built all day, or you can take this chest of drawers home that costs far more than that costs. Everyone chose to take the Ikea stuff home because they felt ownership of it because they built it. That blew my fucking mind. I was like, oh my God. Here's the thing about flat pack furniture, right? It's almost a cliche, isn't it? How difficult it is. I don't have any trouble with it at all. I don't even, for most of the time, probably 90% of the time, I don't even bother with the instructions because to me, my Aspie brain is obvious what, what goes where and why. It's almost like a sixth sense. It's just, how do you struggle with this shit? And that's why your house is falling apart. <laughs> Sarah's walking around listening to this guy, that cheeky fucker. <laughs> Everything in our house is wonky. The only thing that's wonky in my house is my erection, mate. I'm 57. On average, every cock is curved. I tell you, you know how I made my cock a foot long? How? Folded it in half. Banter. <laughs> boom, boom. Ledge, ledge, ledge. So the reason we tell you these lies that you've been told as a new business owner and probably have carried on into your later life, why we're telling you them is because they're just going to stop you from making a decent profit. That's the bottom line to this all. If you're out there to make a decent profit, which is the only reason to run a business 99% of the time, you got to look at the lies you're told, the preconceptions, stop working for free, stop being cheap. Here's another lie. People won't pay for an initial consultation. It will drive people away. That's true. It will drive people away. But it will drive people away you don't want to work with. Here's one from yesterday that someone messaged me. They've been referred to me. And here's the exact words I said. I said, I've no doubt it's the door. I can help you. This is what I do after all. But you're the one who has to do the work. And it's not always fun because it's deeply uncomfortable. If you'd like to talk about it, I always start with the initial consultation. £250 plus VAT. At the end of it, you'll have a clear blueprint of what you need to do to get from where you are now to where you want to be. And you get your money back if I can't help you or we end up working together. If you do end up working together, I just have my dramatic improvement. So it's okay. She came back and says, you know what? She came back. Now, did she say, let's have a guess here. Did she say, oh my God, I'm not paying for a consultation or, oh, let me go away and think about it. No, she said, yes, let's go ahead with that smiley emoticon. And all I said was, cool beans, I need your business name and a postal address, VAT number. 
and she sent it to me. I sent the invoice. She paid it by return. Right? She set up the go cardless link. She booked herself in this morning. So that was yesterday, nine o'clock. So within 24 hours, less than 24 hours, I've taken someone to a 250 pound consultation. Now, okay, she was referred to me, but anyone who's familiar with my work will know I qualify referrals even harder than non-referrals because I'm aware there might be an emotional bias there for me to accept them. So I'm even stricter with referrals than I am with cold contacts. Now, that's a lady who's got a business with about six employees and she's specifically interested in business mentoring, but it works the same way. That's going to be a four or five figure deal, depending on what she goes for, if she goes for it. But the thing is, it starts with a consultation. And that's all I had to say. No beating around the bush, no fucking clenching buttocks and wondering if she'll run away. If she'd have run away and says, oh, no, I need to think about it, then clearly she's not that serious. Simple as that. And on that note, it's a good place to wrap up. Where should they go? What should they do? If you want an introduction to this, dip your little pinkies in the water, then go to wellfedfreelancer.com and get the book. It's five pounds. It'll teach you everything we've been talking about today and probably most of what we talk about most days in enough detail for you actually to plug it into your business and get it working. No, it's not everything. And yes, there is always more. There's always more for us to teach, but it's enough. What we don't do, as I've said before, what we do not do is give you something and then lead you on to buy in more, more and more expensive stuff all the time. We give you exactly what we say. When I say the book is going to work for you, it'll work for you if you do the work if you don't do the work then of course it's a waste of fucking five quid and on that note stay safe stay inside wash your hands and don't shit on your fingers touch children wrong script wrong script (laughs) holly can take that one out (laughs) see you later guys